And the pastor okay. doesn't wear jeans at the first one. And he doesn't wear jeans, that's right. <laughs> yes, yes, skinny jeans at that. Welcome to the Lunch Break Hymn Scene, a podcast dedicated to the rediscovery of hymns, both ancient and modern, as well as the authors who penned them. If you like what you hear, be sure to follow and subscribe for future episodes. If you love what you hear, be sure to leave us a five-star review, and don't forget to leave a comment. We love to read them. You can support us financially through buymeacoffee.com. The link is in the show notes. And come socialize with us on Instagram at the Lunch Break Hymn Sing. Now, let us open up our lunch boxes and our hymnals and dig into today's episode. Well, welcome to another episode of the Lunch Break Hymn Sing. Today we are taking a break from our normal format to bring you a very special interview with our guest, Nathan Drake. Now, Nathan and I recently got to sit down and talk to Nathan about his ministry, Reawaken Hymns, and about his upcoming project, or his recent project, Hymns of the Sun. And we are excited to bring that interview to you. Thank you for tuning in, and enjoy your lunch break and this interview. All right, so about five years ago, I was searching for some online resources for playing hymns on the guitar. That day, I stumbled across today's guest, and, as ha- and I'm happy to introduce to you Nathan Drake of Reawaken Hymns. Nathan, welcome to the Lunch Break Hymn Scene. Thanks for having me. Now, I want you to uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the music. Sure. Um, I am Nathan Drake. And if you don't know, I have a popular video game series about me. So <laughs> I'm a globe trotting treasure hunter, I think. Well, I don't yeah. know. I've never played them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Nathan Drake, not the one from the video games. Just That just makes life hard to Google yourself. Uh, so I'm a worship leader in St. Louis, Missouri. And as you said, I do Reawaken Hymns. I created it and I run it. Um yeah, what was the question? See, I got oh, I got lost already. No, nah, that, that's this is going to happen a lot, get, by the way. Started, yeah, how did you get started into uh, into playing music? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> okay, um, so I've been playing guitar since I was like fifteen, um, and of course I started playing guitar for the same reason every fifteen-year-old male starts to play guitar to impress girls. Um, did not work, but that's okay. So I've been playing guitar since I was 15. I was, I was kind of a punk rock kid back then. Um, and really thought, you know, I, that's what I wanted to do. And then as you grow up, you kind of figure out that that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Um, so I, I kind of got away from that and I went, I wasn't a Christian for any of this time that plays in later. Um, so then I went to school for, uh, photojournalism cause I was into photography, um, for about three years, worked on a newspaper in college. Um, then I became a Christian because God likes to change your life right when you don't expect it. Um, became a Christian and got back into kind of playing with worship teams and playing music. I mean, I still played music all throughout. I just didn't really do it as a job or anything like that. Um, and then just, yeah, I. it was funny because I, 
I became a Christian and I knew that photojournalism wasn't where I was supposed to be, but I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing. So I would hang out with my friend. We'd be playing guitar and playing worship songs. I'm like, oh, what am I supposed to do? We'll play another worship song. What could I possibly do? Play another worship song. Like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of dense that way. So anyways, got into worship leading um, uh, and then just, you know, kept doing that. Oh, very good. Okay. Now, so you so you lead worship um, around the St. Louis area. Um, you have what church are you affiliated with? I am at the Journey currently. That's the name of the church, the Journey in St. Louis. Okay. I'm not the worship leader there. I do volunteer. Well, I will volunteer on the worship team. We actually just joined that church. Okay. Um, I do kind of randomly volunteer lead. This weekend was crazy. I had a a grade school chapel and then i had three worship sets at a parenting conference and then i led at a church on sunday so my fingers hurt right now um so i still lead around but my full-time job currently is not worship leading anymore it's reawaken hymns but for about eight years my full-time job was worship leading in churches okay okay so with reawaken hymns what was your vision for starting the ministry yeah um i i when I started it, I did not have a vision. <laughs> I can tell you that. So I was playing hymns Well, I was leading worship in a church and we wanted to use some hymns and I couldn't find a lot that were like modern, but not changed at all. Um, and this was like six or seven years ago. So it's, there's a little more available now, but yeah, they were all, they all had added choruses or different melodies or just the same melody, but completely like, way too modernized like you can't even follow it sort of stuff which again i don't have any problem with changing hymns i think that's cool but like indelible grace does it really well but that's not what i was looking for so i was like okay i'll make my own chord sheets started making my own chord sheets then i thought okay i bet other people can use these so i put them online on reawaken hymns and then just started doing that more more people started using it and i realized people needed that and then probably two or three years in I, I would get comments from like these small churches all over that use them because one, you know, they only had an acoustic guitar was their only instrument in their whole church. And two, um, hymns are public domain, so you don't have to pay to use them or worry about copyright with live streams and stuff. So for them, it was just easier and cheaper that way. And they like the hymns. So I, I kind of realized that, you know, there was a lot of small churches that kind of needed this sort of thing. So I kind of pushed into that a little bit and started creating more that way. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's, it's been a blessing to, uh, to us. You know, the joke is that, you know, how you get a guitar player to stop playing and you, well, you, you hand them sheet music and, you know, growing <laughs> up, growing up singing hymns, you know, you open up the hymnal and it's intimidating. I mean, there's a lot of, of chord changes, like every other measure, every other beat. Um, so, you know, you really did something, you know, you know, I, I think the church, a, a, a great service, you know, by changing, you know, by transposing these hymns into guitar chords. If you can just talk to us a little bit about your process for doing that. Sure. Um, I personally just kind of start with nothing. I found that's the easiest for me. I just play it and figure out the chords. I know some people can do that and some people can't. It, um, in general, if you're somebody who can kind of hear chord functions, then that's a good way to do it. And so, like, I 
so with the acoustics I did that and then now I'm going through and making full band ones right. and I decided instead of using the acoustic charts I already made I'm not going to and I'm going to start from scratch again just so I can kind of get that full band sound built from the ground up instead of modifying an acoustic chord sheet anyways so yeah I'll, I'll kind of start with a hymn I will often go listen to it on YouTube or whatever and I will very carefully pick like the oldest choiriest unmoderniest versions so i don't accidentally get any changes in my head because sometimes i don't you know they have flourishes and stuff that i don't recognize flourishes and they get stuck in your head so you know and also you kind of get the structure of the song a little better because there's not a lot of changes anyways so i listen a bit i learn it um and then i play it through and i just kind of figure out the chord functions and again, if you can do this, that, to me, that's the easiest way than actually trying to convert the like four-part harmony in the hymnal. Um, if you don't know how to do this, I would, I would recommend you learn because it's super useful in life as a worship leader. And you start to learn that you know that sounds like a one chord, that sounds like a five chord. You know, if it desperately wants to go back to the one chord, you know it's a five chord probably, or this and that, and you learn that. Um, if if you're not really into that ear sort of thing, then you can definitely grab the hymnal. And pick out the first thing to do is pick out the chords that are actually necessary for the melody, because not all the chords in a hymnal are necessary for the melody. And the melody in a hymnal is the soprano line. Um, so a hymnal is not written like normal human music. A hymnal is written in four-part harmony, which means that every melody note, the soprano, has three notes below it, which means every note has a chord. And that is written not to be played on guitar. That's written for four people to sing four different parts. So a lot of people think, oh, I'm taking out all the chords. No, you're not taking out all the chords. You're taking out all the other voices that don't exist in your song currently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just look at the melody and you can kind of start to pick out which notes need chords and which notes don't. Um, again, you kind of have to learn a bit about learning to hear chord functions for that. But That's excellent. Yeah, Nathan and I, we uh, we we actually sang in a choir. We grew up in a in a in a traditional, um, like a associate reform Presbyterian church, and we had a choir. And we, you know, I know for me, I was like, I'll sing the bass because it looks like all the notes just kind of stay the same. <laughs> I don't have to do any extra. Yeah. <laughs> and I might not be singing that right, but you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so low, you're not going to be able to hear me. <laughs> just sing that root note through the whole song. Nobody will exactly. know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> So, um, yeah, so I, I think making, you know, these hymns accessible today, um, you know, I think it it gives our, our music directors, uh, you know, some more tools in their toolkit, um, you know, and, and I think, and it's good, you know, because obviously, you know, you're re reawakening that, you know, the hymns of old. Um, I've noticed that in some congregations, they they will sort of, they will split the congregation in half. So they'll have two, they'll have two services. They'll have a, a traditional, and then they'll have a contemporary worship service. The only thing that obviously we know is that, that, that they're changing are the, the songs that we're singing. The message, you know, would be the same. Um, and the pastor uh, doesn't wear jeans at the first one. And he doesn't wear jeans. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Skinny jeans at that. Um <clears throat> Are we doing that? Do you think we're doing that right? Or do you think we're doing the church a disservice by, you know, splitting, splitting up that way? 
I feel like this is a, a pitchforks question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can answer it too. If it may. <laughs> I'll give my, so first of all, let me say that whenever, you know, we answer a question like this, it's never a hundred percent because all right. churches are different. Sure. Um, in general, let me specify, I mean, in general, not your personal church possibly, but right. in general, traditional contemporary services, like splitting the two services is a band-aid. Um, because 90% of the time it's the church was traditional music. They wanted to change to contemporary music. A subset of the congregation, probably older, decided they didn't want to sing contemporary music. And to not have half the congregation leave, they decided, okay, we'll just have both. We'll just have two services. So it's not the services itself that's the issue. It's the reason they exist. Because you're kind of, in a way, one, creating two churches, which can be tricky. Right. Um, and two, you're kind of um, justifying that attitude that church is how we want it to be. And we should only go to churches that we like and we need to have the things that we like and that we can't come together on things. And I'm not speaking of either of the sides because both of the sides sure. are guilty of this. And it, it, that's exactly what happened. Like it was, first of all, you had this traditional service and this group of people, probably my age, were like, oh, I hate this. I can't worship this way. And we were in the wrong probably. And then we'd make contemporary services. And then the other side was like, oh, this is terrible. We can't worship this way. And then they were in the wrong. And it's just, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of what happens. And that's the reason I do this is not to like, to justify that or to give reason to that. It's the opposite. Like, I see things like that, that people are splitting and worshiping and not using the same music. And I'm like, hold on. I bet we can use both. <laughs> like, I yeah. bet it's okay. And so that's what I'm trying to do is try, I'm trying to make it so that hymns and contemporary music aren't really a thing. Like, they don't exist separately. Like, we can use both and you can't tell. And whenever the best compliment I can get in a worship service is if somebody will come up to me and be like, can we play more hymns? And I'll be like, dude, we just played four hymns and no contemporary songs. <laughs> And they're like, oh, yeah, we did. And that's great because it means that that's not what, you know, it wasn't about the style of the music anymore. It's just it's just worship. It's just music. Right. And so, yes, I would say often a traditional contemporary split is done for not good reasons and can be damaging. But again, not because of the different music styles, but because of why it happened in the first place. Yeah. No, great answer. And, and I'm with you. I, you know, I think. Um, and you know, who knows what's, what, what will be, so what the church will be singing a hundred years from now, <laughs> you know, will we be singing, you know, songs like, I'm sure like, uh, in Christ alone and, and those, you know, those hymns that are more like modern, even though, you know, they still have the same, um, the same style as, as hymns that were written, you know, one, 200 years ago. I know I've over the years dealt with the same sort of thing in church services and you know really enjoy hearing your thoughts on that because it's where i'm, I'm at also but uh you know I've, I've been in churches where we've moved to a blended service and still met resistance within those sort of things and over time they have worked themselves out but it you know it, it does come down to people's personal preferences a lot of times and 
it, it's hard to keep everybody with that thought process of we're here to worship the living God. And no matter what the style of music is, that lyrical content that's there is what we're using to worship. Uh, do you find anybody like, do you meet a lot of resistance at times or have you ever dealt with that sort of resistance towards anything where you're modifying it just for a guitar? Um, in person, no. Online, of course, because that's where right. all the troll, trolls live. But <laughs> um, in person, I haven't really come across that. When I was in my younger days and playing more contemporary, not, not that I played more contemporary stuff, but I was more stubborn about it. Um, I did have some pushback by some older people that I was kind of going too far that way. And they were right. I was doing ridiculous things and playing songs that we shouldn't have played in church just because they were on the radio. So I had pushback that way. Right. Um, but I mean, since I've grown up a bit and I understand a little more and I don't, I'm not so prideful, not so prideful. Let's don't <laughs> not prideful at all. Sure. Yeah. Right. I'm the most humblest person in the world. Um, I, I, I don't get as much pushback, I think, because I don't, again, really care about the style of the music anymore. And I think people sense that. Like, and so they kind of feed off that and don't care really about the style. They just care what's being said and that we're worshiping, which sounds strange. But I can tell you that the solution to st music style issues in your church is almost never a solution about music style. It's always a solution about what we're doing and why we're doing it and why it matters, like why people are hung up on that. And the issue is because in the current culture, worship music is one of the biggest idols the church has. And when you start messing with people's gods, they get really mad. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> that so that's what's happening. And yeah, so I don't get a lot of pushback. I'm also, I like to call myself the an unoffensive worship leader. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but yeah. So... Yeah, I, I don't get a lot of pushback, but I definitely talk to a lot of people who do. And I do understand that because I have got pushback in the past when I was a little more worried about music style, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So I know you touched on it a little bit when you were talking about how you got into music. Um, but when you're not doing hymns, are there specific genres of music that you're into that you listen to more than others or? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I know this is like a contrived answer, but I listen to everything. <laughs> Everybody says that, right? Um, I should really say I listen to nothing because currently I don't have any like favorite music styles. I've went through like a Christian hip hop phase a while ago and I don't listen to a lot of worship music. I didn't listen to a lot of worship music when I was constantly leading worship. I think maybe it was like a, you work at Taco Bell, so you don't want to eat tacos outside of work kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> now I, I do listen to a little more worship contemporary worship music and some of the musical stuff is really good actually you hear a lot of bad things about it, it's so boring and whatnot but there's some really cool and creative things happening um but honestly i don't listen to music as much as i should because i found podcasts and got stuck <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah it's there's a lot of i'm with you there's a lot of podcasts out there and i mean you, you know before you know it, it's like, I just spent two hours listening to all these great podcasts out there. Yeah. You only got so much time <laughs> in the car, you can listen to things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so being a guitar guy myself, I have to ask, what what's your main guitar currently? 
Um, my main acoustic guitar is, I don't think it's behind me. No, it's not behind me. Um, is a Taylor 114 CE, which I don't think they make anymore because I kept recommending it to people and they're like, I can't find that. I, I think they stopped making it. They still make the 114. I think maybe they stopped making the cutaway or something. But I love it. I love it. And it's Taylor's, the 100 lines, Taylor's lowest end, which it's Taylor, so it's still like $1,000. But um, <laughs> they're really good. And then I also have a Martin X or something, Martin X series, I think it is, I probably. Um, okay. And it's pretty good. It's my secondary guitar. It's I wouldn't, if it was the only guitar I own, I would probably buy a Taylor because it's not my favorite in the world. But it works great for, like, if I want to tune down and have a second guitar, it um, works really good. So I would definitely recommend the Taylors. And in general, when people ask me, I say, for acoustics, Taylors work really well in a band and Martins work really well by themselves. Not that that's 100% true, but Martins tend to be fuller and bassier and Taylors tend to be brighter and sit above a mix more. So Yeah. And then my electric guitar currently is a PRS is what I'm using. Nice. So outside of guitars, is there a piece of gear you can't live without? Ooh. Does my iPad count? <laughs> sure. Got, got on them cords, you know. I'm I'm vehemently against the the movement to get rid of chord charts on stage simply because I'm terrible at memorizing things and I would be in trouble. <laughs> so I love my iPad. Um, I also use it when I'm uh, leading by myself, which is most of the times nowadays. I use background pads. Um, and I actually have some on reawakenhims.com for free if you want to download free background pads. Um, you can go to reawakenhims.com. And I just put those on an old cell phone, like it's an eight-year-old droid cell phone that I have, smartphone. And then I have that hooked up to a volume pedal that I use to turn the pads on and off. Um, and when you're leading by yourself with an acoustic, those can just add like a lot of fullness to it. And they're also great because they add that droning root note that apparently the bass singer of the choir always used to sing. <laughs> so that can, that can give like the, on the low parts, it kind of gives like a floor for the congregation to pick on the key to find the key. And then that helps. So. Yeah, that was a good, uh, I think that was great for those those pads to come out, and I I did check those those uh, pads out on your on your website. So yeah, thanks for putting those out for us. Yeah. So um, you recently teamed up with a Frank Voice, um, yep. and you're working on the Trinity Project. So the first um, album, Hymns of the Father, uh, that that came out. Um, of course, when we release this, uh, Hymns of the Son will be. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, about that project? So Trinity Project is a three-part series. Um, I bet you can get what, guess what the three parts are in the <laughs> Trinity Project. Um, so we, we released Hymns of the Father in September. Hymns of the Son released March 15th, which will be in the past probably when you're listening to this. March 15th. And then Hymns of the Spirit releases October 1st. And each of those is a 20-song project. Um, and they're an album of all original arrangements by me and a devotional that goes with them. So the album, these versions are not my previous acoustic versions. They are very much like full band 
Hillsong style, if you hate Hillsong, please don't stick on that word, Hillsong style kind of modern worship sounding things. And the reason I did that is because I, again, as I said, I don't want hymns and contemporary music to be a separate thing in church. And so a lot of times if you're playing like a Hillsong song and then you move into a hymn, it can get really weird and sound like you've changed music styles. And some people have problems kind of creating those into, into, into contemporary styles, which I get. So that's what I'm doing with this. I want these to like fit in your worship service as a hymn, but nobody has any idea. You just played a hymn, basically. But again, none of the melody in the is never changed, so people can still sing along very easily. Um, so that's that's what this is. That's what the music is. Um, and then the books, the devotionals, exact same hymns, and they have uh, the history of the hymn if you're interested in that sort of thing, which I love. Yeah. And then like a devotional bit, and they're 20 days long, four months long. And then the weekends have like a non-hymn summary kind of kind of thing. So you can get that. You can get both of those, read them together. There's an audio book, which n- nobody wants to get, which we understand because it's weird because nobody's done seen this before. But it's it's got my music in it and the hymn reading the the hymns. So it's like a, a devotional worship session in a box. It's really cool. Okay. You should check that. Yeah. And then, of course, I have worship resources for all of this because that's the whole purpose. So I have multi-tracks and backing tracks and lyric videos and chord charts and all that. Oh, that's great. And, and I know we're going to be we'll be placing links to to all of your content uh, in our show notes so uh, that our listeners will be able to go in and, and check that out. And we have a lot of folks that uh, that use this podcast uh, for like a supplement of a hymn study when in their homeschool groups. And so I think that. Yeah, that project is going to definitely uh, benefit them. So I'm thankful that you taking the time to to put that together. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, what hymn are we going to be singing today? Uh, that will be blessed. Uh, nope. That will be stricken, smitten, and afflicted. That's <laughs> what that will be. That will be stricken, smitten, and afflicted. Okay. All right. Um, well, very good. Well, um, Nathan, uh, you know, Thanks again for coming on the, the show with us. Um, for folks to uh, be able to socialize with you, where can they find you? Uh, Reawakenhims.com is where everything is if you need stuff. And then uh, Facebook and Instagram are the two social medias that I actually check. <laughs> All right. Well, very good. Well, thank you so much. And uh, and uh, and we look forward again to uh, check, you know, be sure to check out Hymns of the Sun uh, currently out. And um, thank you. Thank you.